Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So we have a special episode for you today. We are going to be talking about my generation, Generation X. And you may not know this, but you've heard the term quiet quitting. Well, I ran across an article the other day that said, my generation, Gen X, the coolest generation ever, born between 1964 and 1980, well, we are the original quiet quitters. That's if you believe the article that I'm going to share with you today. So hang on tight. Let's take a trip into the past and talk about the Gen Xers. Now, if you're not familiar with the generations, let me catch you up real quickly. The baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1963. They were the generation that were born after World War II ended and all the military people came home and got busy. Babies were born. Well, Gen X, my generation, is usually described somewhere between 1964 and 1980. And then the millennial generation, Gen Y, the millennial generation that you've heard so much about, was born between 1981 and 2000. And then the newest generation to debut is Gen Z. So for the purpose of this episode, we're going to be talking about Gen X. All of you 80s babies, all of you 70s babies that were uh, alive during the, I guess, the, the original hairband period. And we may not have grown up with TikTok, but the generation that came of working age in the era of dial-up modems were seen as tuning out at work, too. Hmm. Quiet quitting. The TikTok-driven trend in which young workers admit to doing the bare minimum for their jobs has been in the cultural, well, discussion for a few weeks now. And long enough that it has already gone through the typical point-counterpoint media cycles that have become so familiar to online news consumers. And you know plenty of stories have pointed out that this trend is nothing new. Hmm. So what, what is it about my generation? And, you know, we're, we're defining work by a lot of different things. And that if, if this thing that's happening is nothing new, or is this some just consequence of an evolving workplace power structure? Or it might just be work by another name. And stories about the inevitable quiet quitting backlash have began making the rounds. Right on cue, as a matter of fact. But if you do a search of articles from the era of dial-up modems and Bill Clinton reveals that the discourse around generational workplace friction back then was strikingly similar to what it is today. And if you would have just read a handful of articles from that period, you might conclude that Gen Xers, our generation, were the original quiet quitters. Well, what? these young people have done is looked at their older brothers and sisters, their parents who were working for the same companies 30 or 40 years 
only be, to be downsized and forced to retire and wait on the Grim Reaper. I mean, think about this. We didn't see the prevalence of layoffs until the 70s and 80s. Because prior to that time, it was almost like companies, well, they got married to their employees. They made a lifetime commitment. I mean, those people prior to the Gen Xers were common to have a pension plan, a lifetime pension. If you'll work for us 25 years, 30 years, 35 years, if you'll do that, we will take care of you and your spouse until you die. And one consultant was quoted as saying the Knight Rider, remember Knight Rider, if you're in, if you're in that generation with Kit, that uh, they call that the, the business article from 1997 that said, look at that and say, excuse me, this type of work, this type of effort is not the life I want to lead. And there was even an article back then in 1994. Let's check out this headline. November 30th, 1994, that said slackers may be tomorrow's winners at work. So this idea of slacking, quiet quitting, it's not new. It's been around for a while. And one article published by the Chicago Tribune in 1995 quoted a 31-year-old nonprofit executive that you would likely know the name of who was astutely recognized how the younger generation was showing up to work with an evolving sense of what they wanted from their employees. They were disillusioned because their parents, who were so loyal to their employers, didn't get that loyalty in return. And she added that working for the same company for 20 years isn't even an option anymore. And you know, if you're a Gen Xer, this may surprise you, but the average tenure on a job, if you're a Gen X employee is about five years. And the 90s, the 80s were a time when many business journalists were framing the modern workplace as a simmering battleground between Gen X and the baby boomers, which were much larger who preceded them. So there was a conflict between the generations and they had these baby boomers who had long dominated the cultural landscape and one that was seen by some Gen Xers as not wanting to make space for younger workers. I mean, I remember sitting in meetings as a management member and being the only person in the room that didn't have gray hair. And these boomers were uniquely self-absorbed. Uh, a consultant said that in the Knight Rider article that it's not just criticism, it's true. So by contrast... Gen Xers were often depicted as cynical, skeptical, or disaffected, not unlike the quiet quitters of the 2020s. <laughs> Pretty familiar, right? And the dominant media narrative suggested that they were disengaging at work to an unhealthy extent. Some worry that Gen X may have opted out of society, The Guardian wrote in 1994. Gen Xers work for sales, not their companies. Oh, so you're saying that Gen Xers were selfish. Selfish because they didn't commit a lifetime to a company that had no reciprocity in their own commitment. 
That's why we were the skeptical generation. We were skeptical about this commitment that was expected by the prior generation. We didn't expect to work for the same company for 20, 30, 40 years. And by contrast, we have not. And just like today, journalists were all too eager to debunk generational myths and stereotypes. I mean, I've written a series of books about these generations. And the same Guardian article cited a then survey from Demos, which indicated that younger workers of the era were not merely a bunch of loafing slackers, but actively rejecting the Protestant work ethic, which also means the sociological phenomenon was seen as perpetuating a worst ills of work. The Demos survey story continued was based on interviews with over a thousand higher educated young people in North America and Europe. So it's not just a small sample. They, they interviewed a thousand people and a generation formed by TV and videos, computers, brands like Nike, mass unemployment in the mid eighties and the first middle-class recession, uh, due to the, uh, economics of the times. We saw all those things. So why would we be loyal? Why would we not be skeptical and swap out those era specifics to the current TikTok era and the great resignation? You could write the same article today. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, every generation thinks it's the first one to be unique and special and unlike their parents, unlike their grandparents. But you know what? History has this amazing way of repeating itself. So lest we walk away from the exercise with a mistaken belief that Gen X was the first generation to challenge the precepts of older employers, of older employees in the workplace, there are plenty of articles from earlier decades also to have remarked on the changing face of workplaces. So remember, I tell companies two things. There are those companies who are going to prepare for the future workforce, which is different, and those that are going to suffer because they didn't. And sometimes it was the baby boomers who bore out the brunt of hot take machines, but the work ethic, or at least as grandpa knew it, is fading rapidly. This was from an article in 1972. And younger persons, particularly those in blue-collar jobs, no longer didifully worshipped the work or workplace as its major icon, the paycheck. They didn't just worship a paycheck. They want something more. Regardless of how things turn out, the workplace won't be the same. So I want you to think about this. We are living in this era where we believe that the current reality that we face is unlike anything else that's ever existed in the past. The way we feel as a new entrant to the workplace or the way we feel as a significantly more experienced member of the workforce, we tend to see the current reality as unique and different. But when you go back and read articles of any time period, you see the same fragmentation of generations like we are seeing today. You know, these generations start out 
at different stages in life. When you're in your late teens and early 20s and you don't have children and you're entering the workplace, you look at the lens of work through your parents. You don't have your own identity yet. If your parents struggled, you expect to struggle. If your parents were successful, you expect to be successful. And you have this illusion that you're going to be able to see your future, that you're going to be able to see what your career is going to be like. And folks, that's just not the case. It's not the case because the future is a series of failures, a series of choices, a series of opportunities, and everyone takes us on a different path, a different road in life. And if you connect the dots of those different moments in life looking backwards, you realize that it was a zig and a zag. It was never a straight line. You mean you went from one job to another, which exposed different opportunities for you to take a different path. You know, I remember when I was in college, I wanted to major in business. And I never thought that I would start out in safety engineering, human resources, only to go back to business. It was a circular path. It wasn't a linear path. I ended up getting degrees in, in uh, undergraduate degrees and things that were more technical and then going back to school in the late 90s to earn my master's degree in, in business administration brought me full circle back to business. And now as a consultant, I help businesses with that experience. But it wasn't a straight path to where I am now. There were many deviations from the past that took me in circles, circles from one job to another. And what I try to tell young people is, no matter what job you have now, if you'll do a few things, you will almost guarantee success for yourself. If you always add more value than someone is paying you, if you do the opposite of quiet quitting, if you always add more value than someone is paying you, you will never have to look for work or you'll rarely have to look for work. I'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive about always and never, but it's a very unlikely state that you will have to look for work if you're adding more value than you're being paid. And then the second thing I want you to remember from this episode is you are you're going to get blessed by something in every job. You're going to learn a skill. If you're open and if you're absorbing the potential and the opportunity in the job, you're going to learn something from that job. And that will be with you for the rest of your career. And I make the joke when I do leadership training, you know, even the bad bosses, the worst bosses are a blessing when I look backwards in life. Because they give me the things that I won't do as a leader, or they help me teach things that leaders shouldn't do as a trainer. So you get blessed by the bad bosses. You learn from them. You learn that I don't want to be like that jerk who was my boss when I first got out of high school or when I first got out of college. Every single thing that you experience, you can look at it as a blessing for your future as an opportunity to learn. Even if you fail, you take a job, you fail. You take a job, the pandemic hits. You lose a job, you get a different job. You know, my oldest son, for instance, he, he, he wanted to get into sales and business development. And 
right after graduating, he was hired by a company to sell software to banks and uh, credit unions. Well, this was in early 2020. Moved to a large city, got his first grown-up job, and three months later, the pandemic struck. And as the newest sales rep, he was the first one out. Well, he was out of work for three months, four months. Pandemic started to recede a little bit, and he was hired in a retail sales space. And now, two years later, he's actually moving into a new job where he will be in a business-to-business sales environment. And what I want him to get from this podcast, if he's listening to it, every single job blessed him with something, a skill, a little bit of knowledge, how to work with people, how to work with organizations that may tend to be a little bit more bureaucratic, like the banking industry. You know, Every job will bless you if you'll look for something from it. And this idea that this young generation is different or uninspired or lazy or whatever name you want to give them is just it's a false narrative. They may be different, but they also may be different because they're in a different stage of life. If you're single, no kids, you're going to make decisions differently than if you're married with young kids or you're middle age with teenage kids who are in high school and you don't want to lose a job. You don't want to move them while they're in high school, whatever. Our environment also affects the value that we get from our work. What are we working for? Is it to protect our children? And as you get older, it may even be a legacy for your children. You know, one of the things that I heard this week that I thought was so remarkable, even in the business ownership uh, world, how many business owners work an entire lifetime in a business that looks like they're just blowing it away financially, but they never extract any real wealth from their business? So even someone that you might think, well, they're in their 60s or 70s and they have this wonderful business that they've been in. They may be asset rich and cash poor. They made a nice lifetime. They might might have even paid themselves a nice paycheck throughout their lifetime. But they never really were able to benefit from the wealth that was potentially available within that business. They just owned a job for their entire life until they died. And then they let their children figure out what to do with the business after they're gone. That's a tragedy to me. It's a tragedy when all of your wealth is locked up and you can't have access to it. And there are ways to get access to that wealth, by the way. So this podcast, if we go back and kind of summarize and talk about this episode, the whole concept was that Gen X, my generation, born between 1964 and 1980, we were the original quiet quitters. Because we saw our parents laid off from those so-called lifetime jobs and we disconnected at work and we said we're not going to be loyal. We're not going to be someone who works for a company for 30 or 40 years. We're just not going to do it. So we were labeled. All the writers talked about us being different. Go full circle. 2020s. We're saying that the young people now are quiet quitting again. Because they don't see the same I guess, flavor for work as the people who are older than them, as the people who are their bosses, as the people who are the business owners. They see the workplace differently. So I'll conclude with this concept. 
It's not about work. It's about the perspective of the employee. If, and if we can understand the perspective of the employee, we can lead them. We can motivate them. We can inspire them. We can get the most out of them, even if it's just for a short period of time. They say the millennials born between 1981 and 2000, the average tenure of a millennial on the job is 18 to 24 months. And here's what I would say. I would much rather have a stud for two years than a dud for 20 years. So, yes, maybe you don't keep that millennial 20 years. But if you can keep them for two years and they do an amazing job for you, so be it. Put the system in place to train the next one. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor. Go to www.johngrubs.com. That is johngrubs.com. There's a ton of free information for you. There's access to my books. I even give away a free book on my website. You say, well, why would you give away a book, John? The book sells for $20 on Amazon. Well, I'm going to give you that book because you are giving me the most precious gift a human can give another, and that is your time. So if you go to www.johngrubs.com, you can have a free copy of that book. Now, this podcast, this podcast is for people who are crazy, crazy enough to go against the grain, crazy enough to push back against the common narrative, crazy enough to go big when everyone else is living small. This podcast is for someone who really wants to be different on purpose. And if you, if you will share this podcast with the people that you care about, you know, share the link on social media, subscribe so that you get updates every time I upload a new episode. You can reach me on my website. If you want to suggest a topic, if you have a question about this episode or you want more information about something I mentioned, you can reach me at www.johngrubs.com. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.